Hello, Podcast Nerds! And welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Podcast, Season 5, Episode 5. Season 5's theme is, of course, our 2023 year in review. And this episode is our best meals of 2023. Take two. Take two. If you guys have been listening, a few little notes to give you some some behind the scenes look. Um, one that is our son with his first intro on our podcast. Hopefully not last. He is home while we were recording because he we got home from our trip over the holidays and he had COVID. So even though he is feeling much better now, he can't go to school. So he is in the background dancing around, playing video games, and occasionally popping in to make um, himself known. Also. This is the second time we are recording our Best Meals podcast because 20, exactly 24 hours ago, Heth. Yes, Trav. I realized that we had talked into microphones for an hour and a half, had done an incredible job going through our Best Meals, but I can't say that we recorded it because there was no SD card in the recorder, and so it is gone forever. Womp, womp. But... We're re-recording, and we have vowed that we will make this one even better. And in those 24 hours, two things have happened that are good. One, I remembered a few meals that I had already (laughs) forgotten. You were struggling the first time around with your meals. Yeah, you guys will never hear it, but I was struggling. I just, I, I, I have looked at our spreadsheet of where we were each day, and for for a solid two, three hours trying to come up with meals and just was struggling with ideas for whatever reason. And because he doesn't take pictures of his meals, I said, you have to become that person that takes pictures of your food because, you know, not to post everything on Instagram, but for the pod. So you can remember because if it's something good, I try to almost always take a picture. And if I'm really thinking, I try to get a picture with the name of the restaurant or location somehow in it because then it just makes it easier. I just have to be prepared. And uh, little known fact about me, I am an Eagle Scout in the Boy Scouts and their motto (laughs) was be prepared. You were Were. an Eagle Scout. (laughs) Yeah. So I got to be more prepared. So I think you're right. What I'm going to do, this is my, this is my commitment to you all and to myself. Uh, I Your am going 2024 resolution, if you one will. Could, that was the word I was looking for. When I said commitment, I couldn't. <laughs> I I'm know, like stumbling, I stumbling, stumbling, stumbling. I thought maybe. Uh, what is that word? A commitment now resolution is that, yeah, I'm going to just start taking pictures of those meals that I and, and desserts and, and, you know, drinks, whatever. And I can and put them in a folder like real quick. Hey, best of 2024, throw them in so I can go and check those out because you do that. Not that you put them in a folder. Um, I, I did this year put them in a folder but i i don't do it throughout the year like i what i do if you want a little peek into the madness of my mind what i do do is i go into you my do photos do. yes what i do do we all do do everybody and, um, do do's. <laughs> oh my gosh this is supposed to be better than the last one already good banter <laughs> i have on my phone this is a little insight into the mind of heather and the digital hoarding that i will admit to i have 105 thousand photos on my phone which are just really in the cloud on my phone um and i have ten thousand videos so what i do is i search my whole photo library and i say like desserts or i say 
donuts or I type in bakery and like then it just populates I some. feel like the search function isn't that great on photo. No, no it's your photo. backup option. You know what I mean? It's your backup option. So you you really should be more prepared. And, and then I do then put them like this year before we when I was preparing for the podcast, I went through my photos and then I'm like even taking screenshots of the photo that I took before like 10,000 photos ago and then I then they're all right at the end of my camera roll and then I put them into a folder okay. Okay. it says best eats 2023 of which I made you a collaborator on the album and of course you have not accepted yeah all right well I'm that, so there you go I, so that's my resolution I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take the pics I'm gonna throw them in a folder and that'll that'll help me as we go um for sure because as you guys know we do not talk about our list beforehand um and so I was sitting there saying, ah, I, best meals, like I I'm struggling. Remember. I can't remember. You can't really help me out. But like, do we have something good in this country? Maybe it'll spark my memory. So it's very difficult for me. But because we already recorded a whole hour and a half podcast, it brought some things to my mind that, that came up. The second thing I mentioned that was really good that ha has happened in the last 24 hours. So one was that I had more memories mm -hmm. of these foods. Two is that 24 hours is a long time, I guess, in our minds, because I've forgotten half yeah. of what you said, maybe more. That's and great. And I don't really remember all of yours either. And I think specifically if I thought really hard about it, but I'm not doing that because I, it's more fun when we don't know each other's list. Yeah. And this time, obviously we have already talked about it. So we know some of it, but again, my, my memory is horrible. So I already forget most of it. You actually, I was said, I got to think of a new intro fact because now you've already heard the intro fact. And you said, <laughs> honestly... I already forget most of it. Yeah, so and just I, roll with I, that intro I remember fact. I got like it right. So I, I know the number one, but I don't remember the top 10. But you also got the number one right the first time. So let's we'll just yeah. roll into that intro fact. It's what country in the world eats the most beef? And yes, during our first recording, well, you couldn't call it recording because you record. You did get it right, yeah. right off the bat. That's why I said, let's just use the same one again because it's not like I got it wrong and now I know the answer. Like I got it right the first time. So. I saw you on my way through. All right, I got to give a shout out to places that do a good job of this. This is called visualcapitalist.com and it's meat consumption by country and type. And so last episode, I talked about how there's articles out there that say, according to the data, da, 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 da. And then they don't give you the source. And I want the source because when I'm trying to come up with an intro fact, the more information I have, the better. So I put in countries that consume the most beef. And I got this awesome infographic that gave me top 10 countries in the world for beef, pork, mutton and goat, poultry, fish and seafood, other meat, which is like <laughs> uh, other meat category includes animals such as rabbit, camel, horse, okay. and wild game. They what even about specify llama? that. Llama, yeah. llama, llama. And then total meat consumption. I have the top 10 for all that. So what I love about that is if I find something like this and I need an intro fact, I could have five to 10 intro facts here from one thing. So thank you, Visual Capitalist, for this awesome, easy to read infographic. I loved it so much, I actually sent it to my mom and dad as well because I said, my dad loves meat and hunts and things like that. I was like, this is a great, this is awesome. Like, did you know this? So the question for us right here is most beef. What country consumes the most beef? 
Yeah, and I, I got this right away only because we were just in this country. And I'm not sure if I would have known how much meat Argentinians consumed until I went there, but it's got to be Argentina because the amount of beef. <laughs> and I don't even really like steak, really that much at all. But I ate some of the best steak I've ever had. And of course, I think it's pretty unanimous from people who go to Argentina and have steak there and have beef, that it's the best of the best. Um, but yeah, Argentina. And and last uh, last last time we discussed this. Yeah, we can't say it, record, it, I guess, yeah. because it didn't record. It would, you said it was Argentina by a landslide. Like the next country uh, uh, is So it's Argentina and then like about tw- about 10 to 15% less is, is this next country. Okay. And then about 10 to 15% less than that is, is the third country. So yeah. one, Argentina is one by quite a bit. Yeah. This next country is two by a decent amount. <clears throat> and then we kind of get into countries that are, cons- the three countries that are three, four, five consume almost the same yeah. amount. And I remember that my next guest, which I will keep, I'm pretty sure that I said next was the U.S. Not that U.S. is number two, but it's on the top 10. U.S. is number three. Okay, number three. number three. Very good. Um, and I will say that, um, I didn't get the number two the first time, but I do remember now oh, what you that do? was. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, Good. Yeah, yeah. What was it? But the first time around, I did not guess well, it, this which, is... Is, which I should have because Brazil. No, is, that's oh, wait, not number two. Wait, All right. Is, but we'll give you number but five. Brazil was one I did forget. Brazil, you got a clue where I basically said yeah. it's, it's a neighbor of Argentina. <laughs> yeah. And, you and I said, I should have thought because, you know, there's Brazilian steakhouses, but did I get number two last time? And this time I'm not getting it. You did it? not get number two. Number <laughs> okay. two is I've never been there. You've never been there. I don't know why they have so much beef. It is an outlier on this list. So oh, one yeah. was Argentina. Five was Brazil. Okay. Three was US. Four is another country that you did get with this hint. They're known for their barbecues. Oh, yeah. Australia. Australia. I did get that. And See, so I we, don't even remember number two. And it being an outlier, you think that would stick out in my mind. And I just... Whoop. It's in Africa. Whoop. Oh, yeah. It was Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. <laughs> Zimbabwe. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. So if any of you out there... I mean, if you've been to Zimbabwe, maybe you knew this. Maybe you just knew they ate a lot of beef. Um, You know, the only other... African country on the top 10 is Chad. So I'll just give you the top 10 real quick. Argentina, Zimbabwe, United States, Australia, Brazil, Uzbekistan, Chad, Canada, Israel, Kazakhstan is the top 10 in beef. I did ask you if you had any thoughts on the top 10 on pork. Do you remember which country I thought this would probably be the only one that maybe you would guess? No, I don't They have a place called the Musea... Oh, Museo yeah. de Hamon. Yeah, Spain. Spain. Yeah, Spain I, is number three. I didn't realize I'd be tested on my memory. <laughs> which Spain. Now we all know it's not very good. Spain, number three for pork. Hong Kong, number one, in case anyone's wondering. Poland, number two. All right. So our best meals. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into this. We had a lot of good eating. So much You good have food. how many on your list? I have 12. But I realized yesterday when we recorded this or not recorded it, that I had messed up on my list. So really I have 13 because I, you know, the one that I had forgotten to write, which was on your list. Okay. I I have. We'll just talk about it at the same time. Okay. I have 10. So why don't you just start running through your list? I have 10 and that's two more than last time. So... (laughs) You added one. I added two. I thought I might catch you, but no. I have ten. So why don't why don't you just start us off? 
Start 13 and go on down to number 10. Well, you really don't remember from yesterday because I also had three honorable mentions. Oh, no, I don't. Okay, well, (laughs) then run us through the honorable mentions. I'll be fast. Okay, I have to talk about the charcuterie that I had at La Cave du Molin, which is a wine bar in Sofia, Bulgaria, because it was a great experience. The charcuterie was super good, really delicious, and the wine... Although not being Bulgarian, it was a French wine bar in Bulgaria. Um, the wine was very good and you got the wine from these little, like a machine where you put a card in and you tapped and you could get certain types of yeah, pours. Yeah, it was cool. It was like one eighth pour, yeah, one quarter like pour, one tasting. half pour. It was really fun, really fun. And the charcuterie was great. And it was a beautiful night, even though it was the beginning of April. It was like not too cold. It was brisk. And we were sitting outside on the street. And, you know, this was part of our group trip that we went on. So Jason from Zero to Travel showed up. And so, so a couple other people were there with us too. I don't remember exactly who we, from the group, but we also had nuts. Ryan, I think, Sefco. Sefco was with us. We also had nuts from the nut house. We had yeah. just gone to the nut house and got really good nuts. And we had some of those nuts left over. Yeah. Uh, Joe Ferrer was with us. Um, a few other people. Yeah. yeah. It's a good little, good little group. Good little group. All right. And you love charcuterie. I almost said that you're a charcuterie and then insert word that's not that couth. Um, oh, I, I mean, queen would work. Charcuterie I, I queen. There what we go. you were yep. thinking. But. You're charcuterie queen. You love charcuterie. <laughs> yes. You're, you'll always like, it's you'll, you'll my favorite. always go for charcuterie. Yeah. All right. So charcuterie there in Bulgaria at La Cave de Moulines. Yes. Mm. My next honorable mention has to be the head-sized empanada that we ate from a street vendor in Permamarca in Jujuy, Argentina. Yes, it was like a massive quesadilla. It was $1. We had seen these around. We hadn't gotten them yet. This was, and and we were looking for something to eat really quick. And we walked by this guy and like, we got to give this a go. And we got two and we brought him back. My parents were there and we all started eating them. And they're so good. We went and got back to, went and got two more. And they had all different flavors. Now he was out of some, but they had salami and cheese, which we thought was the best. They had jamon, like ham and goat cheese, which was interesting and good. They had a caprese one. Uh, you know, it was cool. This yeah, guy because had all lot, types of yeah, options. A lot of times, you know, obviously empanadas are famous in Argentina and especially in the Salta, Jujuy provinces. I guess those are the place to get empanadas. And so, you know, a lot of times you'll just see a beef one, you know, an asada or a cheese or... Yeah, that, that's yeah, pretty much... Carne, yeah, basically. carne. Yeah, yep. sorry, not asada. Carne. Yeah, so, you know... Those are good, but I like to have more in there. So anyway, it was great. It was the size I, of my head. I will head. correct you. It's not, this was not an empanada though. It this, said empanada though. I think and it said tortilla. rolled like an empanada. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Fine. Whatever you want to call it. Pretty sure the sign said I might even try to look in my cache right, okay. of 10,000 Well, that's photos. right. You do have photos. A okay. jumbo empanada. All right. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yummy. Mm. My third honorable mention has to be the breakfast at Calistoga Motor Lodge. It was so good. Unexpected that it would really be that good. It was the best breakfast I had other than the one on my number 12. Okay, so second best. <laughs> second best, I guess. The French toast was out of this world. It had like homemade whipped cream and real maple syrup and just really delicious. Um, and even like the bacon avocado egg toast situation I got was delicious. I remember I was out on a run and I had that part started to walk because I was tired because I couldn't run the whole way. And you texted me and you said, get over you, here. You got to get back here. Up your run. This is an awesome breakfast. So I actually got some energy to run back and there was a little bit left over. And I had like three bites of that French toast with that homemade whipped cream. And 
thankfully I had just gone on a run because then I thought, well, I'm not going to get another word of this. I'm going to, you know, use some discretion. But that was enough to be. It was so like, good. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, it was really good. Mm. So. Calistoga Motor Lodge French Toast. Yeah. All right. Now, now we're t- technically into your top 13. Yes. Yes. Okay, so you really had 16. Okay. I mean, so, I guess. Number 13. A good year of eats. A good year of eats. Um, it is the breakfast I had at Somos, which if you, I can say this because we already recorded. We did. We it, we already recorded the best coffee. drinks. And this, this coffee was my favorite coffee like ever in my life at Somos Cafe in Santa Teresa, Costa Rica. And I also got what's called their Tico breakfast. If you've been to Costa Rica, you've probably seen this on the menu. It's typical with like rice and beans and fried eggs. eggs. Yep, scrambled eggs, plantains, and like, you know, grilled or fried plantains. And then a local cheese that's, I don't know, it's like a sheep's cheese or something like that. Anyway, it was so good. The best Tico breakfast I've had. And I've had a lot of Tico breakfasts, especially the three months we were in Costa Rica the first time in 2021 um, when we were in Tamarindo. And this was the best one. All right. So Somos Somos Cafe in Santa Teresa, Costa Rica. And you got to go anyway for the coffee if you like coffee. And the vibe is awesome. Mm. So we're just like running through mine until you get to what? How many do you have? I have 10. 10. Okay. Yeah. Just keep going. Keep rocking. All right. So my number... 12 is the poke from Aloha Bowls in Duncan, British Columbia. I got to give I got to give a shout out to myself for reminding you of this because I actually was when you I was thinking what do we do and say, oh yeah that poke bowl was pretty good and and then you're like I got to put that on my list. So um also cool there's a place called Aloha Bowls in Royersford, Pennsylvania near where we used to live <laughs> that does incredible Asai. my favorite probably second First or second favorite acai bowls in the world at Aloha Bowls in um, Roosevelt, Pennsylvania. So, great name. Anytime you see an Aloha Bowl anywhere in the world, stop in. Maybe they all do a good job, right? I hope so. Aloha Bowls. Yeah, this poke was the best, especially it's because it's a non-custom bowl that we kept getting. It was just like their one tuna bowl, just as is. It was so big, so filling, so fresh. Like, definitely the best one I had all year. Yeah, really. And I love poke. So. Me too. One of my favorite things to eat, poke bowls. Great spot. Great spot. No fuss. Just straight, good tuna poke bowl. Love it. Aloha bowls. Duncan. Um, I almost said California. Canada. <laughs> Canada. Mm. Okay. Number 11. But this is further up on your list because I remember Juno's Kitchen. All right. We'll get to Juno's we'll Kitchen to in a Juno's bit. Kitchen. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Juno's Kitchen. We'll give you a yummy mm. now and later. Um. So let's get to your number 10. My number 10. Gott's Roadside in St. Helena, Napa. St. Helena? St. Helena? Helena. Helena. St. Helena in Napa. This place is an institution. And as I've mentioned on the other podcast, we spent a month in Napa, Sonoma, and well, a week in Tahoe, but in Northern California. And we did not do any fine dining. It just wasn't in the cards for this trip. But we did two do, parents, two kids yeah. does not really lend itself to fine dining yeah. unless one of us wanted to go eat solo, which I should have just let <laughs> yeah, you do maybe that. Maybe we should have. But Gott's Roadside is an institution and it's very family friendly as it's like a roadside stand. I mean, it's huge and it's very modern and cool, but the food is so good. Like if you just want a great cheeseburger, if you want chicken fingers, they were amazing chicken fingers. Everything is super fresh and homemade i mean made right there to order for you 
Um, they have also ice cream, which, you know, Trav's an ice cream connoisseur. I... It's, the ice cream to me was a bit <laughs> underwhelming. Called a six and a half out of ten. So not, you're not going to be disappointed. No, it's just but like I was soft very, serve. It's soft serve ice cream. And I, I, was, I was very excited because I don't usually do soft serve. So I'm like, oh, this is, but good soft serve is awesome. And Especially I, I good soft serve good. that's custard. I thought it was good. And I got mm. the milkshake and I thought the milkshake was good. So whatever. You're not going to be disappointed with it. Unless no. you are a ice cream freak like me. Yeah. I mean. And yeah. I wasn't even disappointed. I just, yeah. Anyway. I'll give you, I'll okay. give, Gotts is a great place. You should 100% go. We went twice. Oh, I do. The elote corn, the tacos. The elote cor corn was great. Everything they we got was so good. They have tuna tacos, yeah. like crispy tacos. Fantastic. We got those both times. I will also say my buddy, Nick, who lives there, who told us to go to Gotts and he was one whose house we went to in Tahoe. After we went the first time, he said, well, did you get the chicken schnitzel? I'm like, no, why? Out of all these things, I, I thought that would be the oddest thing. He said, you didn't get the chicken schnitzel. He was all upset we didn't get the chicken schnitzel. I said, well, you knew I was going to Gotts. Why didn't you tell me? So I'm going to tell you that Nick tells you to get the chicken schnitzel. We did get it the second time. It was good. But again, as Heather mentioned, everything was good. So if you like chicken, get chicken schnitzel yeah. um, for sure. But I I, I thought the, the ahi tuna tacos... Yeah, and the burger was really good too. Took took the cake. So, got awesome place. Should have been on my list. I'll just I'll just add it there. It, you're not going to go wrong at Gots. No, no, it's great. All right, Gots. Great spot. Give me some love. Mm. Okay, are we? My uh, number ten. You're number ten. Okay, I'm here. You're here. You're I'm, on the list. Now officially. we're going back and forth. Um, it's two empanadas. And as Heather mentioned, in Salta, in that province, they are known for empanadas. Obviously, you can get empanadas anywhere. In Buenos Aires, um, also in other countries, but Salta is known in, in Argentina as, I guess, the home of empanadas. And we got two different ones, and they were good. So this street empanada, on the on our drive down to Cafayete, we just stopped at this little empanada shop. I don't think they did anything else than no. empanadas. No, it's just empanadas. It was a local spot. I walked in, every head turned, one of those things. All these families are eating with like their- Yeah, their I mean, people were coming in and out with, you know- Boxes Boxes of empanadas. Of and, and it was just a really cool spot. Every head turned, families were in there eating. You know, obviously I knew it was going to be cheap because it was a local spot. Um, I went and just got three empanadas. They kind of looked at me. It's like- just three because people were ordering them by the dozens and they were small. So they were small empanadas, but Not we got sized. No, they, they, they were like two bite empanadas and we got one of each Maybe three to four bites, two big bites, three to four small <laughs> bites. We got a cheese one. We got a carne one, which is just meat. And then we got a ham, I guess a ham one, um, ham and cheese maybe. And the downside was that Heather wasn't feeling that well. And they were, they all had a lot of onion flavor, which I like. Um, she wasn't feeling that good. So I ended up eating all three of them. So three was yeah, enough I for me like as a I had like a snack. little bite of it and they were super good. But yeah, I had just come off of getting like a very bad stomach virus situation. Still recovering. I hadn't eaten much in a few days. And yeah, I took one bite and I was like, this flavor is a little too strong for my stomach right now. Uh, but I could tell that they were good. They were good. And then the other empanada we got at, this is like the exact opposite experience almost, because that's a street empanada just on the roadside. And then we went to this very awesome winery in Cafayette called Piatelli, probably the nicest or one of the nicest ones there. And they had an incredible five-course meal and all that, but both our stomachs were feeling a little queasy. This is so only the next day. We, we just got their three empanada like starter and the empanadas there were 
awesome they as were well. Very and you good. loved the one that was the um, special type of meat there, and I cannot remember the name for yeah. the life of me. I just forgot about it. But, but uh, Piatelli, the trio of, the trio of empanadas. Empanadas was very yeah. good. So, yeah, just... I'm bummed. I actually thought I would eat more empanadas when we were in Salta and it just didn't happen that way for whatever reason. But the two empanadas that we did get there were both legit. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. Okay. My number nine, this whole experience is one of my favorite things we've done and it's not the first time we've done it it's actually the second time we've been to salt spring wild cider on salt spring island in british columbia which is right off of vancouver island you have to take a ferry to get to it and i just love this little island our friends live in crofton and so to get there is super easy because you just drive like one mile down to the ferry terminal and you hop on the ferry and you go across and they have a Saturday market, which we've been to before, which Trav had his best ice cream ever at. Um, <clears throat> and then there's a cidery on the Island called wild um, salt spring wild. And the cider is so good, but they also serve food and we got the charcuterie and it's just such a beautiful board of meats and cheeses and the whole atmosphere there and the whole vibe. Like it's a very, it was a Saturday. So there were a lot of people and the kids could just run around and Trav took them on a little walk through the orchards and like the sun was coming through the trees and this dappled light. And it was just so beautiful, a perfect summer day with our friends on Salt Spring Island eating delicious charcuterie and drinking really unique cider flavors. Um, you know, you could get a couple of tastings of the ciders and you could do it like a traditional one or like the more unique ones and just like really, really delicious. Yeah. And I got to sit there and eat my favorite ice cream in the world at Salt Spring from Salt Spring Creamery. So that he brought in, you can't actually get it at no, Wild. That so. I brought in, but, yeah. <laughs> You'll have to listen to the other podcast to figure out how to get this delicacy. But um, yes, it was a yes, great experience. Listen to our best desserts. You'll hear that. So Awesome. Salt Spring Wild. Charcuterie. Mm. Always your fave. Uh, my number nine is a, a very traditional food to the Philadelphia area. We went back to Philadelphia a few times this year, but the specific time that we got this was when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl. And there is a place right around the corner from us called Corpolis, and they make something called tomato pie. If you're from the Philadelphia area, you know this. If you're not... You have no idea. Yes. Even if... Because I grew up in Northeast PA. I... Ne didn't know about it either until I went to Philadelphia. You poor you unfortunate just, soul, as, as just, Ursula from oh, Little Mermaid right. would say. Okay. Pulling out a Disney reference. Interesting. Um, yeah, I didn't even know about it. It's definitely just a Philly, maybe Jersey, it's Philly, Delaware. It's a like Philly area. Tri yeah, yeah. What we call the tri-state area. Um, tomato pie, it's essentially... Think of a Sicilian pizza, right? That type of, of like crust. A sheet pizza. And it's that bread just with tomato sauce on top, like a sweeter sauce on top. And then usually a little bit of Parmesan cheese. Now you can get different types of it, but that's the traditional and, one. And not like shaved Parmesan. This is the, the Grated, Parmesan that comes in like a shaky can. Yeah. shake <laughs> what, what, what we call in our family, shake cheese. As my brother always says, like, why do we call this shake, she, shake cheese and not shaked cheese or shaker cheese? We call it shaky. shake cheese. And so 
Yes, we um you can they they just put that on top of the tomato pie. They can make designs on top of the tomato pie and Obviously, for the Eagles, they made like the Eagles logo on top of tomato pie. Everyone gets it. They take pictures of it. It's just an incredible, awesome thing to eat. I can slam pieces of tomato pie because there's not really any cheese other than that light dusting of Parmesan. So you're eating bread and tomato tomato sauce. Essentially, (laughs) if you live, if you grew up living in Philly, that's about as healthy as you get when it comes to food. Uh, Corpolis tomato tomato pie. pie. And here's the thing. There's obviously all those things. Oh, best tomato pie in Philly. Where is it? You know, this or that. Listen, it's Corpolis. Undisputed. Everyone knows it's Corpolis. A few people, like, you know, stand for these other places, but it, they're just wrong. It's Corpolis. Bar none, Corpolis tomato pie, my number nine. Mm. Mm, I wish we had some right now. I do too. Yeah. I wish we had pizza just in general. Um, well, that's easier to get than tomato pie. Yeah. But right. not. Not easy to get great pizza no. in coastal North Carolina. It's nah, not. The pizza game, pizza no. game is hurting. It's you know, we go home to it's Philadelphia weak. and you could, in a five mile radius, I could go to a, no joke, at least a hundred pizza places and I'm 50 of them would be very good and the other 50 would be serviceable. Um, so we are spoiled for choice in yeah. that area. As anyone who lives in the New York, Philadelphia area knows pizza just, that's where it hits, man. That's, that's the spot. So... Well, my number eight is, I don't know, I wouldn't say the opposite of pizza, but it's... Uh, I, I'm just trying to think, like, <laughs> what what's would the... would be the opposite? Uh, a salad? I don't uh, know. <gasps> there is a I mean, salad just involved. Meat, only meat? Because yeah. pizza doesn't have meat. Okay, I mean, it can have meat on it. This is meat and salad. So it kind of is the opposite of pizza. And that is a restaurant... What are you having for dinner night? Oh, the opposite of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> meat, and, meat and salad. Um, the restaurant I'm talking about is El Preferido in Buenos Aires that we was recommended to us by a few people, specifically our friend Isa, who is from Argentina, grew up in Buenos Aires, and she said, you've got to go to El Preferido. And we went, we got the chicken milanesa, which I did not know this before I went to Argentina, is a very family staple. Yeah, milanesa is just, they take a meat, I think traditional one is probably Steak. the beef because when you yeah. say milanesa, they give you the beef. They just take a piece of meat and then they bread it. <laughs> well, they flatten it. They pound it down so it's super thin. Well, they do with the beef. With, with the, the beef. chicken, the chicken is it also didn't flattened. seem to be as flat. It's like a schnitzel. It, it's, it's like a schnitzel. It is flatter schnitzel, than a chicken breast. Second appearance yeah. in this podcast with schnitzel. So like the, when we first arrived in Argentina, our friend Isa picked us up because we stayed with her and her family for the first couple of nights um, in their home in the suburbs of Buenos Aires. And she said, hey, we're having Milanesa for dinner tonight. And they were so surprised that we didn't know what Milanesa was because they just thought everybody knew. But no, it's an Argentinian thing. It was I so think. good that they made it the first night. And then I was just eating it. We had so much of it. They're I was a just family eating of seven. It cold after that just taking out of the fridge not heating up nothing just just gnawing on big <laughs> huge like i mean almost like a jerky like like my like head size jerky. of melanase i'm just gnawing on them like this, this is very good they made it fresh for us and it was amazing that was steak and even i really enjoyed it but I liked the chicken milanesa more and going to El Preferido is an experience because it's like the, the waiters are all wearing, uh, you know, like, uh, what would you say? Not, not like suits, a formal, but a formal waiter a formal, attire. Everybody's wearing the same uniform essentially. And it's, you know, definitely a 
very well-known local restaurant, but it's upscale. So it's also touristy. So there was, I would say 50-50 of, you know, it looked like local people and then obviously some tourists, maybe more towards the local, but it was just fun to people watch there. The restaurant was crowded. We went at like 2 p.m. and we had to wait 20 minutes to get in and they had inside and outside eating. We sat outside on the street. It was a beautiful day. The chicken milanesa was so good. We Everybody was ordering chicken milanesa. It was either this or the pasta. And the pasta looked so good that I almost got it. But I was like, no, no we're, going, we're here. I, she, we have to get was, the milanesa. I left it up to her. Yeah. But then if she was going to pick pasta, <laughs> I was not going to leave it up to her. I'm yeah. like, we're only going if you yeah. if you pick milanesa. But to set this scene a little bit more, we were going to a big dinner that night, or so we thought. And so we... It was two. So we're yeah. like, well, let's not get too much. Let's get one order of chicken melanesa, like Just one share. one entree, which is you pick the chicken melanesa, and then let's get a salad that was coming out. And thankfully, that is all we got. We didn't even get the French fries. And I, one of my favorite things in the world, top five foods in the world are French fries. They were bringing out plates of these French fries. They were it looked so, so good. good. It took everything my willpower not to get it. This was the beginning of the trip because then Trav's willpower went away for the rest of the trip as totally. he ate like five gelatos in one day. Totally. But for the chicken melanesa and the French fries, we did not get the French fries. I do also regret not getting the French fries. But the salad that we got, it is very responsible adults, um, was this arugula salad with fresh shaved Parmesan on top of it. Everybody was getting the salad. I was like, I want that salad. I want this chicken milanesa. We sat there. I had a glass of fresh... Uh, very cold white wine. It was like so perfect. Everything about the, the experience was perfect. The sunshine on the summer day, eating out on the street, the building itself is like this beautiful pink, like salmon-y pink color. Everybody's like dressed nice. It was so and it's awesome. only and it's only your number eight. Uh, it's yeah. my number. It's my number four. Yeah. So we'll skip over my number four. When we get to it. It's the chicken milanesa at Preferito. Yeah. And just one more note: Preferito is the sister restaurant of Don Julio, which is the most famous steakhouse in Buenos Aires. So if people always say if you can't get into Don Julio, come to El Preferito. We just decided to go to El Preferito anyway. It's on its own, an awesome standalone place. And yes, we got one order of the milanesa, and I ha- ate my half barely. And again, this is like us only getting one entree. I barely ate my half. Heather couldn't finish hers. So be aware when you go, because you should go, that it is huge, 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 huge portions. El Preferido, just a great spot overall. Your number eight. It was my number four. So yeah, chicken milanesa had El Preferido getting getting the yummy. All right. My number eight, I think is on your list later. Juno's Kitchen, Juno Sandwiches. No, it was on my list earlier. Earlier. Okay, yes, so now we've gotten to higher it. on your list. Okay. Lower on mine. So Juno's- is Although a, it was so good, it could really be anywhere, but go ahead, sorry. Juno's is a place in Sacramento. A good story behind this. Just a little small place with, I don't think a sign outside because I couldn't find it even when I was walking right onto it. But our friend Nick, who lives in Sacramento- uh, you know, his wife was kind of ragging on him a little bit, just picking fun of him and say, yeah, the ladies at Juno's, you go there so much, the lady at Juno's, they always flirt with you, this or that. And they just love these sandwiches. So we went over to his in-laws. It was like 105 degrees in Sacramento. They had a pool. So we're swimming around at the pool. Juno's was right around the corner. So we go pick up sandwiches. We get, I think, three or four sandwiches from Juno's. The ladies are, you know, super nice to Nick. They like me because they like Nick, you know, just this place that, 
totally nondescript. You never walk by and go in. You wouldn't even know it, it, it's a sandwich shop. And Except it is on, like, if you Google best sandwiches in Sacramento, it will be on that list because I couldn't remember what the name of it was. So I did Google it and it comes up. Okay, yeah, kitchen. but I just mean when you were, you wouldn't walk by, it doesn't have a big sign that says sandwiches or yeah. world famous sandwiches or whatever. And uh, we went in, we got incredible sandwiches. We brought them back, ate them by the pool. You loved, really loved the yeah. eggplant. So one. on my list, I had the eggplant sandwich, which is a panko, panko encrusted eggplant parmesan sandwich. It was incredible. And all this bread is on sourdough, and they're really known for their loaves of sourdough which we did get a loaf and brought it with us when we went to Lake Tahoe with our friends and we ate it throughout the week there and it was incredible. It's so, so, so good. Uh, my other favorite one, which I think is one of their best selling, is the Soprasada Salami Sandwich. Again, just really good. The combination of meats, cheese, dressings, you know, arugula that they put on the sandwiches is incredible so those those were my two favorite people love the banh mi the banh mi we i think we got the banh we did get you the did. banh mi that you was did. very good people rave about their banh mi i i don't think you can go wrong so juno's sandwiches in sacramento great 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 spot and uh the one bummer for us is we left the sandwiches at his in-laws so we left the pool we left the sandwiches there because later that night you know this is what's great about a sandwich if it's on good bread and it doesn't get soggy you have it for lunch. A couple hours later, you get hungry. Like, oh, I'm going to dip back into that sandwich. <laughs> well, I go, you have I'm, like, I'm going to dip back into those Junos. We've got like two, three almost full sandwiches left. And they weren't there. And we're like, no, we left them at the in-laws. Now, the in-laws were only like five blocks away. So I guess we could have went back. We didn't. Either way, great, great, great sandwiches from Junos um, in Sacramento. You getting a yum? Mm. So that was your number eight. Correct. And my number 11. So now we're on to number seven. And this for me is a pizza that I had. And not only was the pizza delicious, but the experience was awesome. I, you know, just a little behind the scenes since we've recorded this before, most of what we're saying is completely different. I mean, not the list, but is completely different of what we said last time when we didn't record um, and just talked about it into the microphones for an hour and a half. But I, this just cracks me up because now I know what this is. If yeah. you would have asked me to guess when no, you first you did No, you wouldn't this, have remembered. What pizza did I have? I, you could have given me a hundred guesses. I never would have guessed this, but now I'm laughing because I didn't know you loved this pizza so much until last time we talked about it and well, the, it was good. Yeah. Okay. First of all, don't, don't say it with a I'm, question I, in your voice. It was good, but I have no idea why I'm making your top as our kids meals. say, I'm not yucking you your, are. I'm not yucking your yum. Listen, this is why it was my number seven. It number just one. seems high. Oh my goodness. Can you let me explain? Go ahead. <laughs> wow. Number one, I love pizza. It is my favorite food. Number two, I love the ocean. It's my favorite place to be. We were on Vancouver Island. Wait, are you saying that you need a pizza oven at your house? Because yes. you're looking at the ocean. Yeah, we. Yes. that is the one thing that we're going to do. We're going <laughs> to yes. put a pizza oven at our Please. house. Because pizza Please. is both of our favorite food. Yeah, and as we mentioned previously, there's not a whole lot of good pizza. And if you want like a brick oven pizza, there is one in Wilmington. But, you know, it's a 25-minute drive. It's only open certain days of the week, only for dinner. So it's just, yeah, it's not easy to get great pizza. So this pizza from a food truck, Farm to Fire Pizza Truck at Parksville. This is a town 
in on Vancouver, on Vancouver Island. Island. It's also like a beach. Um, it has an amazing park. <laughs> it has an amazing playground, which the kids spent multiple, multiple hours. Best at. playground in the world, according it's, to Hattie, Witt, and myself. They loved it. It's a massive playground right next to the beach. And they spent a lot of time there. And maybe that's why you're not remembering the pizza because I said, I'm going to get pizza for dinner and I'm going to get it from this food truck. And I pretty much ate the whole thing. And pretty much so, or did? No, I think I might have eaten the whole thing. I and mean, was, I didn't get a slice. It was so good. Well, you, you said you didn't want one. Okay. So. So you did eat the whole thing. I'm pretty sure I ate, or maybe there was one piece left over and I gave it to you when it was cold because then I went and ordered another pizza, just plain cheese for the kids. Anyway, this is a legit pizza truck. I mean, this is like, I would be happy getting this pizza truck anytime, anywhere. So not only was the pizza great in that very delicious brick oven style, I even told my friends Courtney and Caitlin about it because they had gone to the beach with us, but they left earlier in the day with their kids and we stayed until dinner time. Hence why I got the the pizza at the food truck. And I texted them. I'm like, have you ever heard of farm to fire pizza? Like, this is a great truck. Sometimes it comes to this city sometimes, you know, but it, it lives primarily in Parksville. And I think at the beach and the reason the experience was so great is because that day was an epic day. It was perfect. It was beautiful. I watched the kids. Most of it. <laughs> well, you did. No, I'm not. You were at. I mean, that is not a joke. Well, I went not, swimming with them. It's also not demeaning to you. I just mean like I, you got you got to read a book. You said, yeah. Well, we previously did the podcast. I think maybe I gave you too much credit because now you're throwing the credit back in my face. Because last time I remember saying, "Oh, Tri was doing his daddy duty at the playground for three hours." With I'm the just kids. looking for it that compliment so again. That's all. There we go. There we go. <laughs> it was so amazing Thank that you. I actually read a book on the beach for the first time in like since we had kids, maybe. Just wanted, um, just so. wanted to actually get recorded. That amazing, <laughs> nice comment. Your, can we give a clap to Trav, please? Thank you, Trav, for being a dad. You know, for doing normal dad things. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now it's recorded. Now I feel good. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it was a perfect day. It was beautiful. The beach is very cool. We'd never been to this beach before on Vancouver Island. And yeah, I mean, the fire truck pizza, farm to fire. It was legit. Cool. Number seven for you. Number and seven. I, again, not degrading that place. I just, I never would have guessed it. And I remember when you said it the first time, I I was just shocked. And then I forgot again, 24, <laughs> it's been 24 hours since we did this. You're still shocked. So then when I didn't think about it, and then when you said it, I was like, oh yeah. Oh, this has me laughing. And it has you laughing. I mean, I don't understand. It's legitimately good pizza. I have a picture of it on my phone and it's like crispy brick oven. Like the dough was great. The toppings were great. It's like a real... Yeah. Okay. Cool. My number seven, which I think you have later on your list, a sandwich place in Buenos Aires. Correct. My cool. Number we'll four. skip it. We'll skip that and we will go to your number six then. Okay. My number six is all about the experience. Not to mention that the food was incredible, but it was having the Christmas asado at our friend's house in Buenos Aires. It's so fun to do this. I legitimately forget everything you're going to talk about yeah. until you bring it up. That <laughs> but was, you didn't have this on your list. And when I we, still don't. When we, <laughs> I have a second shot at it and I still didn't put it on my when, list. When we did this oh, podcast boy. yesterday and I I mentioned the Christmas asado, he was like beside himself because he was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't put that on my list. It was so amazing. And then and, here we are 24 <laughs> hours later. And you still don't have it on your yeah, list. And I added two things that were nowhere near as good. WTF, Trav. I, I don't know what to tell you. Your head uh, is not in it. My head is, I, I just have a really bad memory. I 
Okay, my resolution, taking pictures and putting them in a folder. Okay, let me set the scene then because I did take pictures of this. Our friend Issa and her husband Rodrigo, they are amazing. We love them so much. We met them in Costa Rica in 2021, spent three months with them. We've seen them multiple times. Got COVID together. Got COVID COVID together for the first time. Got COVID again with them. Just Uh, (laughs) feel like we're pretty bonded at this point. So we finally get to Argentina and having an asado is just the thing to do in Argentina. Every house, even every Airbnb that we went to had a Parisia, a Parisia, a grill built in a custom built in grill outside their house. This is not like a, a Weber. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's no, what Americans built do in barbecue but that they use they, and they, they use charcoal and yeah. they cook up huge asados, which is means barbecues, yeah, wood or charcoal. And yeah, they, then they just grill them and they do this every week. Charcoal is wood. Correct. Well, charcoal is is coals. Uh, but isn't it made from wood? I, I don't know. Uh-oh. I might have painted myself into a corner here. I am not sure. I am not okay. sure. Okay. Okay. So anyway, we are not asado professionals. Not like Rodrigo because for <laughs> Christmas asado, I actually was in charge of buying some of the meat because they were not able to get out to the store that day. And so on Christmas Eve, Trav, his mom and his dad and I, Trav, doing the daddy duty with the kids, stayed back Always. at the condo. We went out to the local grocery store. We went to the butcher. We bought some Lomo, which is, I guess, the same as filet mignon. Did we decide? Yeah. Anyway, we got Listen, like it all high- got, It kept getting lost <laughs> yeah. a little bit in in um in translation because I am not a huge Heather doesn't eat that much meat at all, and I I fine with it. We just don't eat a lot of steak. So I'm always forgetting what cuts are what. My buddy's always like, oh, that's the T-bone. That's the sirloin. Here's the strip. It's like, okay, whatever. Just pick me the best one. And so then they're trying to tell us. I'm like, well, I don't even know in English, in which is what. Yeah, like so. Issa sent me a WhatsApp message with like very specific, like get this exact, ask for this chorizo and like, you know, to the person at the grocery store and get Lomo, this meat. And so we're there at the grocery store. We're asking people for help. I go to the chorizo section of which there are like 30 chorizo options. And I'm like, okay, I asked somebody there in Spanish with my Google Translate. They don't have it. They're out of this specific chorizo. So then I'm sending pictures like, which one, which one? Anyway, I got three different kinds of chorizo. They were all fantastic. The meat was cooked to perfection. The experience was beautiful. Like our friends have this beautiful home with a pool looking over a lagoon. We ate outside. Isa had set the table with, you know, like her best tablecloth and like plated everything it was just like so beautiful and so gorgeous and it all happened at 11 p.m <laughs> yeah of course we started eating the appetizers at like 10 30 they started cooking the meat around 10 ate the appetizer at 10 30 ate dinner at 11 p.m and because the goal is to keep the kids up till midnight well i mean the kids are pretty excited because they open their presents yeah, at midnight that's what they and do there so we everything just started too late so i'm out there bouncing on the trampoline hanging out with our son at you know 10 30 before we eat meat then we eat meat then we open the presents and the cool part about it is that everyone is doing it so we went to christmas eve mass in there like right at the church right near the community it was jam-packed and which was nice and a great experience and then we went back and they live in this like gated community, which is pretty common in Argentina, especially on the outskirts of Buenos Aires. And it took forever to get, it took about 45 minutes to go one mile from the church <laughs> and get into their yeah, because community. Because everybody to get into their community, you either need to live there and have your face ID scanned or you have to go through the guard. They yeah. have to call the house, the owners to let you in. You have to know the lot number, like all these things. So like 
hundreds of people are trying to have Christmas uh, Christmas Eve asado with their families in this and loved ones. Yeah. And like it took 45 minutes to get in there. And then when we left at 2 a.m., well, actually, we left at 1.30. It was 1.30. We had to go, again, four miles to our Airbnb. It took us almost an hour yes, to because get we out. couldn't get out of their community because everyone was trying to go out and we're like oh everyone's going home but what we found is like a lot of people were going to other parties there were still a stream of cars coming in it's wild so they just go all night and it's just fun one of the my favorite things about traveling and one of the things that we try to do when we travel if possible is be part of traditions like around holidays or festivities like weddings, just these things that are different from how you do it in your home country. And that was obviously very different than how we do it. We're not staying up that late. We're not having these huge barbecues. It's also not summer, so we're not swimming in the pool. It, it was super fun, and it was one of those great times where you get to sit there and say, yeah, I'm having a true, authentic Argentinian experience sitting in traffic and everything to go to these <laughs> Christmas asados. Yeah, it was awesome. And then the next day, Christmas Day, actually, I mean, fortunately, the kids slept in until like 10.30 a.m., so we went back to our friend's house around 1.00. And had leftover asado for lunch and like swam in the pool and it was just lovely and beautiful. Awesome. Asados. Uh, by the way, charcoal, yes, is wood. Charcoal oh. is wood. Okay. So mm. not not for charcoal, not yumming charcoal. You know, yumming the asado. Uh, my number six is a new addition. But to not the, the Christmas asado. To the list. <laughs> um, and I'm glad it made it on here. If you listen to our best drinks episode, we went to a place called Floria Atlantico, which is a really cool, awesome speakeasy bar in Buenos Aires with one of my favorite drinks of the year. But maybe even as good as that drink was they served us this bread. So we got a, a few little starters and the food was, was good. decent, yeah. but the bread they served, they, there was like two different types of bread. And I bit into the first one and I said, what what is this? It's incredible. It tasted exactly like a really good biscuit. So like if, you, if, if biscuit. you live in the U.S. and you, and you've been to the South, you know they do biscuits. And some not are a good. cookie. No, not a UK cookie. Not that type of biscuit. But you go, you live in the South, you get biscuits, and some are really good, and some are not as good, like anything. But a t we have had some really good biscuits. Our best friend here in in uh, where we live um, makes used to own a biscuit shop. He makes incredible biscuits. So we know good biscuits at this point, even though we didn't grow up in the South. And this tasted like an awesome Southern biscuit, but it was like a it long, was crunchier, skinny too. piece yeah. of bread. It was like a breadstick that tasted like a biscuit. Yeah, I forgot how much you were going on and on about this biscuit. You even asked the server, like, where did you get this? Did I you said, make this in-house? Yeah, and they said, yeah. And I said, well, what is it? And he said, it's pork bread so the only thing that i could and i said pork bread like p-o-r-k yeah, like, like pork pork fat yeah and he said yeah pork bread and um i understand it as essentially being bread that they must make with pork fat somehow and it was delicious i i asked you know he brought out the bread <laughs> we ate the bread then he brings out the real food and i'm kind of like eh, i was eating a little bit of it and i just said hey can i get more of that bread he's like sure he's just bringing me over pork bread i was killing pork bread i man i I don't know if I'm ever going to get pork bread again. Not like that. That's that's the shame of it. That's the beauty and the shame of some of these best meals is 
I, I maybe I never have pork bread again, yeah. and maybe I never have pork bread that good. But uh, maybe not. My number six. Mm. I mean, did you like it? It was good. Yeah, I, I mean, it didn't but make just my average. list, but yeah, just okay. it was not. I mean, I'm not gonna yuck your yum, but oh, yeah. it was not as good as the pizza I had sitting on the beach. No, well, agree to okay. disagree there. I guess. Guess so. All right, your number five. All right, my number five is. Another spot on Vancouver Island, this time in Victoria, and because I love fish... Much more than I love steak. This had to make the list because it's Redfish Bluefish, which is a fish and chips shop slash shack because it's just like a little little restaurant on the docks um, in Victoria Harbor. And yes, you do have to wait. A long time. A long time. A long I time. think I was in line hour, for hour an hour to get the food and then you place your order and then it was like probably 10 to 15 minutes till we got the food. But the fish and chips... It's sublime. It's so perfect. It's deliciously cooked. Um, they do salmon. They do halibut, which is my favorite because you can't. I I only see halibut in Vancouver, hmm. in Vancouver City and Vancouver okay. Island. I, I I I'm sure you can get halibut fish and chips other places in the world, but it's not in the U.S. It's typically cod or something like that. Yeah, but some sort of really white fish. Well, is halibut a white? Oh, halibut's a white, it's a white fish. fish yeah. Yes. So yeah. I think we got colorblind. I'll just use that excuse. I'm colorblind. I can't <laughs> see white though, so that's not really an excuse. Yeah, but the good thing too is that they let you mix and match. So I got two pieces of fish, and I got one salmon, one halibut. They were both delicious. The fries are amazing, and you just sit there. They have some seating for you outside. Of course, it's summer you when we the were there. Malt vinegar on the fries. Yeah, and you know you're looking at the boats in the harbor, and you're eating like. The freshest, most delicious fish, worth the wait in line. Um, little great. little insider tip. In the Victoria Harbor, um, so as Heather was waiting in line, our kids were semi-melting down. <laughs> and I took, I think it was Hattie, because she was melting down on a little adventure around the harbor. And there was this massive ship there. And we've been there a few times, but not enough to realize if stuff has been there or not or you know what's changed exactly but there's this massive big black ship in the harbor i'm like what is that you know and then next to it was an even bigger ship which turned out to be someone's personal yacht um <laughs> and i asked i'm like who's this is like i don't know it comes to go it's been here for like a month they had 35 workers on it because i count them because they were all getting they had like a staff meeting right <laughs> yeah. there 35 workers on this yacht it was just sitting there but the the boat next to it was this big black boat that was docked in the harbor. I'm like, what is this? I walked up and it's a spa. So what these people have done is they took this old, uh, like, I, I can't remember exactly what type of boat it is. but they, An industrial yeah, boat. Yeah, like an old industrial boat. And they turn it into a spa. And what's cool about it is it's not like a spa to go and get massage. Or at least they don't have that yet. They have different types of pools. So they have like different hot tubs. And they have some that are inside. They have some on the decks overlooking the harbor. Then they have some cold plunge pools. They've got some sauna, stuff like that. So essentially what you do, not essentially, what, what you actually do is you pay for a three-hour session. And it was booked out for the whole three weeks that we were there. Like I couldn't even get in. So it's obviously quite popular. Business idea here. And they you just book a three hour block of time and they only have a limit to the amount of people they can get there. And then you just go in and you can just go in between these at your own pace, whatever you want to do for three hours. And then you're done It's 60 bucks. And I thought this is a really awesome idea. Great location. It's on a boat. It's in this beautiful Harbor and I can see why it's so popular. So we weren't able to do it, but I just, I, I geek out about cool ideas. So then I was asking lady at the front, like, yeah. how long has this been here? All oh, this is pretty new. And then I said, you know, 
are you docked here for good? She's like, yeah, they got the permits to be able to dock here for good. We have like sewer lines in so you can use wow. the bathroom. It's like, oh, cool. So I just want to know the story behind that. Like, how long did it take to get that approved? <laughs> how long was someone thinking they wanted to well, do get that? Get them on the podcast, Trav. Get them on the podcast. I'm getting them on the podcast. I, I, There will be, I'm just going to say, some sort of seasons or, or theme of some of the podcasts coming up called... I don't have a name. The working name is something like Amazing Spaces, Incredible Places, yeah. where I just talk to people who have done cool things like that and say, how did you make this work? Yeah, I mean, in, in the same vein as this podcast started with like, cool travelers, what are you doing? Why did you decide to do it? And hearing what, their what's story. What's the story behind it? You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, you do love to geek out on that stuff. So thanks for the bonus tip there. Bonus in tip, Victoria Harbor. Victoria, I mean, we love Vancouver Island so much. I don't think I would ever get tired of going there because we find new stuff every time. We haven't even seen... All of the surrounding islands. No, I mean, I just close. love it. Love it there. Not even close. All right. My number five was the chicken Milanesa at Preferito. I said it was four. I was wrong. Uh, that's my number five, the chicken Milanesa at Preferito. Just a note on my list. There is a gap here now. Everything before this that we talked about was very good to me. Now I've got my top four and the top four could be in any order. And here's how I'm going to explain it. One of them was the single best bite that I had all year. So you might say, well, how is that number one? Well, here's maybe why. Another one rules on quantity because we got to eat this a lot over a period of time. Okay. The third one was maybe the best. Well, the third one is definitely the best experience. And the fourth one was the most unique bite of food, like one that I didn't expect to be that good and it was so all i'm saying is on my top four they could be ranked anyway mm -hmm. but they are all a step above and well worth any amount of travel to get to them that's how good they are amazing what do you have anything like are there any gaps on your <clears throat> list is there a definitive these are the top two or this is so definitely number one i think my top four might be the same not exactly the same but i i think some of them are are the same as yours. Same restaurants and same Same, same restaurants. Things. I okay. mean, all of mine are in Argentina. Okay, I have one that is not. Okay, so there's one that's different. But It's all, funny, again, 24 hours ago we yeah. talked to us, I don't remember Yeah, well, list. I do remember two two of mine, I'm pretty sure, are on, on yours. All right, well, let's give, give um, you roll with so, your four. Yeah, yours, of course, are definitive and like each one has its own special thing I about like, it. Have, I, I like ranking, but I also do think when you rank, sometimes there are tiers, right? Do you ever do that with your list where you're like, okay, I'm deciding between these two, but this is definitely a step above this, or this is, here are, here are kind of like the honorable mentions, and then I mean, there's I a step guess, above, and then... Yes, but I don't know that I put as much thought into it because Wait, I, I don't... you don't know if you put as much? I don't you put make as much thought. Because I put way no, too much I thought don't into it. take as much thought as you, which is, I guess, why sometimes I feel like my lists aren't as good as yours because you have like so much intention set for each one. And in fact, now I'm like, oh, I was describing that Christmas asado and it was number six, but maybe it should have been like number three because it was so amazing. I So now I have no. second thoughts. Don't ever have second thoughts of <laughs> if your list is good, but I am, e I am equally as impressed at how good you are at getting lists and recording podcasts without putting as much thought because I will obsess <laughs> about it. So to me, I'm like, wow, she's really good off the cuff and, and this and that. Well, and I just managed my time maybe a little better. I don't know. You you're were, just you, less intense, but you're as good at it. So I don't well, think you, you should say you're not as good. I think you should be like, hey, I'm as good while being way less intense about it. There's something okay. to be said there. Something to be said. Well, my top four, I have to say, like, all everything on my list 
was great. I, I feel like as soon as I got to like number nine, nine and above was all like really my favorite favorites, okay. you know, like the ones that I put at the, be, the beginning of my list, the honorable mentions and the first four, like they were great and they should have been mentioned. But after like the cidery, El Preferido, the pizza, yes, the pizza, like all of those were like my, okay. my favorites. Okay. The top four are something special. All right, all right. So we're in agreement with the drum roll. We'll give a drum roll here because we're in agreement. Top four, cut above. There's a lot of at stake. Cut above. <laughs> cut above. Oh, with the jokes. All right, give me your number four. Okay. Uh, my number four is not a steak, but <laughs> it is a sandwich that I had in Buenos Aires that our friend... Nathan, foodie flash packer. Follow him on Instagram. He's a food blogger. Um, we met up with him for the first time in Argentina through some mutual friends. And he was like, I had the best bite of the year at the sandwich shop. And we were like, ah, sold. We'll be going. We'll be going tomorrow. Yeah, sandwiches and, and <laughs> best bite. I love how he described it because now we're using that language. I don't know if I would have if I didn't hear him say it, but I love that. Like my best bite. Like this just hit me. Yeah. Boom. He said he stumbled upon Vigiano's in Buenos Aires, which was just, you know, a little sandwich shop that's like half a grocery, half a deli. And he went in and they have this list, a board buying the deli of like 16 sandwiches. And he asked the, the person there, what's your favorite sandwich? And the guy said, get the number 15. Yeah, very definitively. Just like. Get the number 15. Not number like, 15. oh, if you like. What, yeah, yeah. I love when people give definitive recommendations because I sometimes hem and haul. Well, what do you like? What do you want? And sometimes I give definitive ones. I love when people do that. Just get the 15. It's usually like, okay. a home run. So he got the number 15, which was a sandwich with pork, but it was ha more like a, a ham, like a thicker cut, you know, ham. And it had a spread on it. It had mozzarella cheese, I think. It had arugula. Like it just, just on this focaccia bread, this focaccia bread. You said when we recorded this the last time that it was the best focaccia bread you ever had. Yeah, Vigiano's was on my list. It was my number seven. And yeah, what what happened? We we just didn't oh, touch just on didn't it. Talk, I just said let's touch on it later. Okay, and I, I this is how quickly I forget. I when you said sandwich, I'm like, oh yeah, well, I forgot <laughs> that she still had that on her I, list. Yeah. Vigiano, yeah, the the okay, the people there are awesome. Mm -hmm. I love when so we go in. I, I assume they're the owners, just two guys, because again, it's a small deli. And we go in and I'm explaining to him in broken Spanish that my friend had come in and told me to come here and order the 15 and he starts lighting up because he remembers like, oh yeah, like two days ago. I said, yeah. And um, so we get the 15 and he's so happy to do this for us. And he's even, and he, it takes him like 25 minutes to make these two sandwiches. Because then I say, hey, listen, I'm getting a second sandwich. What do I get? And again, very definitively, 16. Yeah. I'm like, well, why are these two at the bottom of your thing, I wonder? Yeah. Um, maybe they should be one and two. I don't know. Just, just you know, my mind's working that way. He's like, get the 15, get the 16. So we get those. And he's making it in the back. You know, I could see him. And then he just is like yelling at me like, amigo, amigo. Like, look up here. And he holds like half the sandwich up. as almost like, you know, when they give you a glass of wine, they give you a pour, like, try it. Does anyone actually ever try the wine and then tell yeah. them they don't want oh, it? Oh, that you don't want it? I mean, I'm sure people have. I, I'm sure people have. I've never done it. Um, but he's like holding the half the sandwich up. 
Like, hey, if basically, does this look good? Should I keep going or do you want me to change it? It looks perfect. I don't even know how he would change it. I'm like, yeah, that's good, man. And he's like, okay. And he's making it. <laughs> they were so cute. Chatting with us. Then we and- get the sandwiches. You know, I'm taking a picture of them. Took a picture of it with the Vigiano little bag so I would remember exactly the name without having to try to figure it out later. I think he probably thinks I'm putting it on Instagram when he comes over and he said, you know, picture, picture for Instagram, you know, so that they could put a picture of us on their Instagram page. It was so cute. Just like a great experience. And the, I mean, the best sandwich. And before this, I would say that my favorite sandwich in all the world is from Alantico Vanau in Florence. And We're, I, now in New York City, also New York City. one in LA, but very well-known sandwich shop in Florence. And I don't know. I, I, I'd have to have that. It's been years since I've had that to say if this was better or not. But if it's not better, it's definitely just as good or a step right right there. Yeah, it's, t- you know, so when you've good. had some eight years ago and now you have some, it, it's hard to compare. But I, I will, I think I'm still Alan, Alan Tico, but Vigiano's, I will say I loved the sandwich. Great flavor. The thing that made it was it is truly the best focaccia bread I've ever had. That, that. I, I knew from the moment I ate it, I said, even, you know, the first bite, okay, even if the next couple bites, the flavor isn't, you know, a 10 out of 10, the best ever, this bread is. So, it was Vigiano, fantastic. I, maybe they, I, I wonder if they just sell the focaccia. Probably. I mean, you got to get the sandwich. Too. The yeah. sandwich is incredible. So, Vigiano's little sandwich shop in Palermo, Hollywood or Palermo Soho? Palermo, I think one Palermo, of the Hollywood in Buenos Aires. So, all right, that's your number four. Yeah, we're both Kim Vigiano's big, mm. big youngs. My number four. And what was the number four? Because you were giving each category. Well, I, 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 I mean, again, I don't know how to rank these. Yeah. Um, it's almost like I might as well put them in the order that I think they're going to come up for you so we can talk about it. But I am going to change it. My number four is a place in... Um, in, oh my gosh, why am I blank on the Tilkara? name? Tokara. That's my number three. So let's just okay. go with it. Yeah, my number four is a place in Tokara called Nuevo Progreso. It is like a, it, it's a woman run small restaurant that you had known about that I think most people who travel there go to because it's a really tiny town. So, you know, it's like a couple blocks big. Uh, most of the people in there were other tourists. Um, but when we say tourists, it's town is off the beaten path so but yeah more travelers if you're going to Hawaii, you know about tilkara because it's one of the biggest towns there and you know about this restaurant if you google or you know i i found it on somebody's blog and it was on more than one blog so it's definitely that's what i mean it's well well known known. but it's it's a small restaurant slash they have awesome art in there like an art house and the woman who owns it i think is the one taking our orders she seemed like the owner and we got three or four appetizers, three or four different entrees, and everything was superb, super fresh, made incredibly well. I think this was the one that to me was the most unexpected because if you gave me those four entrees and said, which one's going to be your favorite, I thought this would be my least favorite, the purple gnocchi. Yeah. Because I don't, I like pasta, but I just don't eat it much. The purple gnocchi this bite might be the best pasta bite I've ever had in my life. It was very good. So it was it was made out of why was it purple? I, I was it beets? Like a beet, like a beetroot yeah, gnocchi. A beet, yeah, beetroot gnocchi. You're right. Um, um, yeah, it was delicious, and that's the one that I ordered. And just even walking into the restaurant, because okay, let me paint the scene of Tilkara for you. It's like in the desert, but it's the mountains. It's the elevation is like 
10,000 feet. It's very dusty. It's yeah. It's like red rocks being out West. You know what I mean? And it's a lot of old buildings. So this restaurant is in like this gorgeous old, like plastered building. All the windows are open. The doors are open. You walk in, it has tablecloths, floral tablecloths on every table, cloth napkins, like beautiful place settings. So it's like walking into a vintage store or like maybe your grandma's home if she was really cool and had a great eye for design and art. Um, so I walked in, I was like, this is a cool spot. And then we order the food and I'm like, this food is amazing. So it, it was totally unexpected because this is a very small town right. in even the it had, Northwest of Argentina. So even though it had been recommended, it was, yeah. it, it was, we, I think we thought it would be like, yeah, this will be pretty good. This will be above average, but to go and have an incredible culinary experience. Yeah. Almost in the middle of nowhere was awesome i i had the we lamb had, yeah um we got your dad got the llama because he said i llama. have to try llama yep, yep. it was the least favorite because it is very it's very gamey but yeah, still well done still I mean, well done if someone brought that out and said you're eating llama i'd be like this is good it just paled in comparison to the lamb was melting your mouth oh the lamb was amazing the, there was a really good appetizer you liked i can't the remember cheese. which one the goat, goat cheese, cheese one appetizer. and then yeah the beetroot gnocchi I, again i thought ah that, that'll that's that'll be fun to try and I took the bite and thought, I might like pasta now. Like, yeah, I might. I'm, it's, I'm it was sold. so good. And we ordered a bottle of wine and the wine was amazing from DuPont Franc or something like that. And it was from the winery in the town south of Maimara, which one of the bloggers said was a great winery to visit. We did not end up having time to go there, but the wine was amazing. So good. And just that compared with the ambiance and the food like a candlelit everywhere, you know, as it was getting dark. It was just yeah. beautiful. Giving it Nuevo Progreso. My mm. number three. Grab the purple Noki. My number three is, that was my four, and my number three is the steak at Domaine Bosquet. That is my number two. So okay. we can just talk about it simultaneously. So, yeah, the, we talked about this in the wine episode a little bit in the drinks episode, but Domaine Bosquet, um, great winery, apparently Argentina's number one organic winery and very nice people. We went and had a five course meal with, f with five wines. Um, and the food was very good, but the steak, so they, they, they give you the courses and for the main course, you get to choose <laughs> steak, filet mignon or pasta is what she says. <laughs> and my dad and I are like filet mignon. And I was like, oh, the pasta. And we both looked at her before I could even say it. The waiter was like, no, you, know you won't. <laughs> She's like, you don't want the pasta. Basically, the pasta is, you know, maybe for if you're a vegetarian. Yeah, like only if you don't eat meat, we have this option like, for you. Like, just get the flavor. And I mean, I had eaten a lot of steak. We'd had like a huge steak meal in Salta like two nights before. I mean, I eat steak normally maybe once a year. I just don't love it. But when somebody tells you you have to get the steak, I was like, fine. You know, I'll get the filet, of course. Like, let's do this. And as Chef oh, said, the are appetizers. are you happy that you got the steak? <laughs> the appetizers were very good. But then when they brought the steak out, oh, my goodness. Best steak I've ever had in my ever. life. Ever. It was cooked to such perfection, like a little crispy on the outside, but still pink on the inside, like the flavor, the little sauce they put on it, the side of like grilled vegetables. It was incredible. Yeah. You could not make a better steak. And all of us agreed. My dad eats a lot of meat. 
he was blown away. We were all blown away and a really incredible experience. But it was a great experience, but the steak takes it to another level. Yeah. It was the, that was the one that I said to you was the best bite that I had all year was that bite of that steak. Bite of steak. Because I looked at it. Oh, this looks pretty good. Bit it. <laughs> oh my gosh. How, how do you even do this? Yeah. How do you make it so? a lot of good yeah, steak in Argentina, had, I mean, of course. a lot of steak. And I mean, Mendoza, I knew that I would like Mendoza, but when we drove up to Domaine Bosquet and, you know, we went for lunch it's so gorgeous there. The The grounds are beautiful. The restaurant is beautiful. You're looking at the Andes Mountains and they're snow-capped and the sun is shining and you're drinking like the most delicious organic wine and then you get this five-course meal and I think the total price- It was 40 bucks a person. It was 40 bucks a person. I mean that- With the wine. I didn't get the wine pairing, so it was 30 bucks for me. I mean, that is- a deal. <laughs> I'll take that all day, every day. <laughs> That's incredible. Are you saying we're moving to Argentina? <laughs> I mean, there's something special there. Yes. I, Argentina is incredible. Yes. You said yes. Uh, no, I didn't say yes oh, to move there. Oh, my there. gosh. No, no, no. Yes. no right. I've been coerced. Uh, I been just coerced. bought the plane tickets. <laughs> we're gone. No, we'll be back, though, for sure. Um, Domain Bosquet, incredible place. All right. Give, mm. give that a yum. Um, and what's your number two? My number two is an experience that you can have, but not the same way that we had. And this is why I was telling you, this is the quantity one. Uh, this was in Costa Rica, in Santa Teresa. Ah. So we went to Santa Teresa, Santa Teresa, because a friend of ours, Liron, is building an awesome village there called Yoko Village. Just check it out, yokovillage.com. Incredible thing where he's building homes in the jungle for families who want to not co-live because you have your own home, but like kind of. It doesn't have of. to be families, but yeah, yeah I mean, right. just for people who want to live there, maybe work there for some of the year. Um, beautiful, modern, gorgeous homes. And we went for an event um, called Yoko Connect and it was incredible. And it's for people who are either have bought a place and want to come check out the progress or who are interested and so he held most of the event at his place, which is already built, which sits overlooking the ocean. And it's a, it's like a compound kind of, it's not that big, but he has his own little like one, one bedroom house. And then he has another house that people stay at and a converted um, camper van that people could stay at and some glamping tents. So it's a really neat setup. And he was having this event. There's probably 50 to 60 people there maybe. Yeah. And everything is happening in this little compound. And he has brought in a friend of his. And that friend is the owner of the restaurants called Doris Metropolitan. And Doris Metropolitan is one of the best restaurants in San Jose, Costa Rica. And it's so good that there is also one in New Orleans. And you know, if you can make it as a food place in New Orleans, you can make it anywhere because New Orleans food is top notch. There's one in New Orleans and there's one in Houston. And so this guy who's the owner, um, I th they were calling him Dory. I guess his name's Doris. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Um, he was there with two of his chefs. And for four days, they made us three meals a day. So we'd go out and we'd do these activities and we'd come back for lunch. And we'd go out and do these activities and then have music and we'd come back for dinner. And so we got, I guess, about 12 meals all told at this place from these top-notch chefs. And they were making what was kind of cool was, you know, they're not making it in their restaurant kitchen. They are there. All the food is stored in Liron's house, basically, which is a one-bedroom house. So they brought all the food in, you know, to this up this crazy mountain they in Santa Teresa. They even brought in, you know, plates and 
they're cutlery. Wa- yeah, I mean, they're washing it all by hand when we're done. They're cooking it on like a somewhat small charcoal grill. And the fact that they could produce that quantity and quality of food in that type of situation was incredible. And we're having, you know, they're doing sushi one night. Then they're just doing uh, fresh tuna poke. Then they're doing steaks. Then they're doing different stuff for yeah, breakfast. Yeah, like a lot of grilled vegetables. A very Mediterranean style because he's an Israeli chef and... The food was so fresh and so delicious and like a lot of hummuses and, you know, fresh fruit. And that was mostly for breakfast and lunch. But yeah, just really incredible stuff. And the the joy with which they were cooking and serving us was so palpable. I I was so impressed with how happy they were to be there doing it. And, you know, of course, Trav's like, oh, let's ask some questions. Let's find out the backstory of everything here, which is how you even know that he owns three other restaurants and, you know, just very accommodating and was really such an experience and to have that amazing food. And then for us to not have to make food is like the best. <laughs> I could not thank Liron enough. I mean, that is one of those experiences where you're, get, oh, we're getting catered food. Oh, we're getting catered food from someone who has three restaurants that are some of the best restaurants in, in their areas. It just was incredible. Yeah. And every time, you know, the first meal we had, I was like, well, is everything going to be this good? And it just kept getting better. So every time they kind of ring the bell or send out the message on WhatsApp, hey, don't forget lunch at noon. No matter what we're doing, we're going to get yeah, we're like, go- We'll be there. You no, know, this is a meal that we'd be paying a lot of money to have anywhere else. So um, thank you, Liron. Uh, if you have a chance to go to Doris Metropolitan, again, one in New Orleans, one in San Jose, Costa Rica, one in Houston. The, he, he it's Israeli kind of Mediterranean food with uh, a steakhouse vibe. Yeah, very good. Mm. Yeah, I guess I, that wasn't even on my list, which it easily could have been because it was so awesome. Yeah, you're also getting the food, mm-hmm. sitting at these tables with other cool people, some of who you've met before, some of who you haven't, and then looking out <laughs> on over the, the ocean. edge of the cliff yeah, to, the to the ocean. ocean. Uh, Pretty epic. Still only my number two even though we said the top four could, because my number one, I think, because I haven't heard you mention it yet, and this is right where I realized we were not recording last time. Yes, we were almost done. We were at our number one, (laughs) and we didn't get to our number one, so I'm not sure if it's the same, but I haven't heard you mention it, and my guess is it has to be on your list. So, drum roll. Shall we say it at the same time? One. Well, we should, let's do another drum roll and say at the end of the drum roll. Okay, double drum roll. It deserves it. Franca. Franca. All right, Franca. We are... Set the scene of Franca. Unanimous on this. Franca, I think. Franca. Franca in Buenos Aires. So, Buenos Aires has obviously very famous, well-known steak restaurants like Don Julio. Um, The other restaurant that's not a steak restaurant that we tried to go to, Anchoita. Like, these are... You can't get into them. However, it's Buenos Aires. It's the capital city. It, It has amazing steak restaurants, but we don't know them all. We meet up with Foodie Flashpacker at La Cava Anchoita, the little yep, wine so bar we, yep, we go of, Don, of Anchoita, which we couldn't get into. And, um, you know, we're, we start the night out there. It's like 7.30. We have a couple little small plates there. Then we go to a speakeasy. Then after the speakeasy, we're like, well, we didn't really have dinner yet. Like, Trav and I were hoping to get into Anchoita. You know, if we went maybe at 11 p.m., maybe we could get in at this as time, a walk-in. It's, it is what? At this time, 30. it's... 10.30. No. 11. Uh, ele- well, we go to Anchoita to see if we can get in yeah, at 11. We can't. Can't. 
So now we're walking like, around Buenos Aires. I was like, well, maybe we'll just grab like an empanada on the way back to the hotel. And Nathan, who is a foodie blogger, is like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you have two nights in Buenos Aires without your kids. You are not eating an empanada on the way back to your hotel at midnight. He's like, we're going to Franca. <laughs> Let me say one thing, because before this, I had oh, yeah, read somewhere right. where they said, hey, if you can't get a reservation for all these awesome restaurants, you know, some of these are hard to get into. You can either go when they open at 730 or 8, try to get in, or you could just go around midnight. And I said to you, yes, and Nathan, you I said, who the heck is going to be eating a steak at midnight? Like, I was just laughing. So now it's 1130. Yeah. Uh, it's, and, and Nathan's like, we're going to go to Franca. And we're like, what's Franca? He's like, oh, it's the newest, coolest steakhouse. And it's kind of right around the corner. You're not getting an empanada. And we're like, all right. He's all like, right, let's, well, just, we'll let's just see if we can we'll get in. We'll see if we can get in. So we, we walk in. The place is packed. packed. Um, We're like, it's 1120 or 1125. We're like, can we still eat? And they're like, oh, well, there's not really an open table right now. Yeah, it wasn't like it's too late. They're like, there no, might not be room. There, not, there might not be room. They're, they're like, well, you could sit out like at this bar table out on the street. There were other tables out on the street, but there was like a high top table. So Nathan's like, yeah, let's just start there. You know, we can start with someone. I don't know if you can order food at this table or not. So we, we go sit out there. We order wine and we're like, oh, can we order food here? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, you can order food at this bar table. And we're like, okay, perfect. Like, we're in. We're in. Yay. You know, at this point, it's like or 11. Or we're sitting outside on yeah. the sidewalk, which was nice. Which and was a, nice. A, a nice environment. Yeah. But so the, like, inside, the restaurant is popping. Yeah. Inside so you're kind of like, I might want to be inside because yeah. it seems fun. Seems fun. So like five minutes later, he comes out. We've ordered the first glass of wine. And he's like, oh, well, there's th there's three seats that opened up inside. And I was right expecting, at the bar. I was expecting a table. He goes in and he sits us at the bar. Well, you know, sometimes like it's harder to be at the bar because you can't talk as well. But in some restaurants, especially this restaurant, because it's an open kitchen, being at the bar is the place to be. I love being at the bar. Because you get to see what's going on. I do agree with you if you're in a big group, yeah. like 10 people, it's, yeah, that's it's not ideal. But for three so, of yeah, us- like, But at first I was kind of like, oh, bummer, the bar. And then like after a minute, I was like, oh no, this is way cooler because you can literally see them cooking the steak. You see them, all the food coming out and being plated because this is like a Michelin star restaurant. Like the presentation, the plating is like incredible. In fact, they have a sister restaurant called Julia, Julia, that is Michelin starred. Um, right. We didn't go to it, but I, I don't know. I feel like I prefer Franca because not only was the food amazing, but the experience was so amazing because of one individual. I, you, I, I don't remember her I name. I can't remember her name, but I think we follow her on Instagram now. We do. She's, she was the kitchen manager. She, she was. She basically runs the she's restaurant. She's manager. She's telling people what to do, but doing it in such a, like everyone was having fun there. Yes. They. The atmosphere was very high energy, but like happy and fun and and so you know so we're we we don't meet her right at the beginning we we order food and sure enough uh my steak came out at 12 25 a.m <laughs> so after midnight and nathan and i get these so we got a bunch of appetizers which were incredible you had i can't it was remember. i remember because you know i wasn't so jazzed about the steak not being a huge steak lover we got these prawns that were in like this chipotle sauce which were incredible i got like a fish crudo it was also amazing. And then they had fresh bread like that must have been baked there because it wasn't, was amazing. wasn't pork bread, but it was good. No, it was amazing bread. And then like this butter that then 
I saw her plating oh, the, the butter. butter with like fresh salt and like edible flowers. I forgot about the butter. On top. I mean, it Insane was. <laughs> I wanted to pack it in my suitcase. <laughs> That's how good it was. Um, yeah, so the appetizers for me were the highlight, but even the steak was incredible. Well, they come out and we're like, they're very good. Very good. I, we got high hopes for this. The steak comes out. We only get two because you're like, I don't need a steak. So Nathan, I get a steak and you're going to have some. Steak was, again, very good. This is not throwing any shade at it. It was not as good as steak at Domaine Bosquet. Yeah, but up until that point, right, it, it had was, been the best steak and, I ever and, had. <laughs> right. So it was top notch. We're watching them make it. They're cooking it right there in front of us. We get this huge slab of meat. Again, at 12.25 a.m., they bring it out. They're telling us this story. So then we meet the lady who, who later we find out is a kitchen manager. She's just there, and she's ha- hearing us converse. And Nathan's, Her English is perfect. English is perfect. She had been in restaurants in London and I think New, New York, York and different places. So she starts engaging us a bit. And Nathan say, my goal is to go to every Michelin star restaurant here in Buenos Aires and every top 100 restaurant. I've hit these ones off. So we're all talking about different things and having fun. And she's telling us, like, you're not allowed in Argentina anymore. The government told you you can't salt the steaks, I guess, because you're putting too much salt on. So like, oh, you're not allowed to salt your customer's steak, right? Remember yeah, hearing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, we're doing it the way that we're going to do it because we know best because we're the steakhouse. So they're like, you're watching these guys salt the steaks and you're watching them cook right in front of you and then they bring them out they were fantastic but that was not even that was i wouldn't say the beginning but that was about 12 30 we're eating steaks we thought okay this is a little late then we start talking to her she has us try some other stuff and then she goes hey i'm asking about gelato where's your favorite gelato obviously you know good food you're an awesome person she's telling me some gelato places she's like you want to try our gelato i'm like sure she brings that gelato out she brings out At this point we order a second full bottle of wine and travis like um really nathan and i are just like <laughs> that's yep. right you know she's bringing us she brought us out three or four different desserts heather mentioned in the dessert episode where her favorite dessert of the year came from there so we're all eating desserts she's tra- having us try all this different stuff i don't think we really got charged for like anything after the steaks because she just kept saying oh try this guys you gotta, you gotta this. have this oh you got oh, come on you have to have this We're like sure it is 2 a.m we are still the sitting last there. people We're in the, the restaurant only people there she's like having us try this food they're cleaning up but all the you know the staff yeah. is engaging us they're just, we're chatting with them everyone's having just a great time again they're like cleaning up and, and finishing the night but they we would have left. They didn't really want us to leave. Another guy comes in. Yeah. He's a friend of hers and he's the bartender at one the of the- other, The other tables had just left. So it's not like we were there by ourselves for like an hour and they're like trying to get us out. No, they're just like going about their business happily cleaning up the kitchen and the grills and all of this stuff and, you know, just winding down their night. It felt like being in a movie or in a book or something where it was like a book just about this restaurant and the vibe and the people there. Like I really felt like I kind of knew and had that experience of what it would be like to work there and wind down the night with Mm. this crew. It was so incredible and they were just so welcoming. And of course I was, you know, on my sixth, glass of wine it's like you're in the tv show what is it the bear that everyone likes <laughs> oh yeah which we haven't watched it, it, yet. it's like you we were part of that yeah, we were it watching it happen. so cool um i felt just so loved and taken care of and just so fun it, 
you know, like a VIP, ex- like we're VIPs, but not, oh, we got to treat these guys right because Nathan has a food blog. Which, and she didn't even really know. No, it was, it just, was just, she's just super nice. Realized that we liked good food, that we were only at, we were only out for two nights. That we were having this experience that we were happy to be there and just wanted to make our experience better and better and better. And so did everyone else there. And yeah, you know, then, then people from other restaurants are coming in just to say hi. You kind of felt like that vibe. So the bartender from one of the top 50 bars, Cochinchina came in. He comes in, he's like, oh yeah, I'm the bartender near here at Cochinchina. We're like, oh, that's one of the top 50 bars. You want to go there? He's like, you you all come in tomorrow. Yeah, it just felt like like we'd stepped into this ecosystem of like this cool restaurant industry. Well, I mean, we weren't cool. We were amongst, you know, these people creating these experiences for other people but i felt like i felt cool yeah it was awesome so if if you want to be our number one restaurant in the world (laughs) make incredible food have it be very affordable and yeah make us feel yeah we walked away from that night having spent i think 130 dollars and that was with a very generous tip um because typically you leave 10% 10% in Argentina. And I think we left like 25%, um, $130 for two bottles of wine, um, two humongous cuts of steak, appetizers, three or four appetizers, four or five desserts, yeah. random other knickknacks of things that we should try throughout the night. And I will say one, of, this was a really cool experience too. The first bottle you guys got was about 30 bucks, which is a very expensive bottle yeah. at a restaurant in Argentina. And, and I had some and it was good. And so then the kitchen manager, she brings a sommelier over, right? Also very chill and not like stuffy sommelier yeah. at all. She was dressed in a t-shirt. She's like, yeah. oh yeah. And someone said, oh yeah, she's being, she's being humble. You know, she was just named best sommelier in Argentina or something. She goes, no, actually I was number two. Yeah. Whatever. You know, like but such cool people. Super, super humble. <laughs> and so she's like, okay, you guys like that bottle of wine? Yeah. Okay. If you like that, you should try this. And here I, I'm thinking, and I have a good time. So I didn't really care what I was thinking. Okay. It was just 30 bucks. And in my head, I'm like, all right, sommelier, you know, she tried, you try this bottle. I Usually like 50 you know, bucks. what's it going to be? We get the bill. The second bottle is nine $9. <laughs> so she downsold us on After a cheaper- After we already had a full bottle of wine. So we easily would have just been like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> she downsold us on a cheaper bottle of wine because she thought it was a better bottle of wine. And um, so just the perfect experience, exactly what when we talk about our number one meals of the year, and this is why it's fun to do this, and why when you guys hear it, and I, I love hearing from you all when you go to these places, people have gone to Blavis, um, in, oh, Barcelona, yeah, in Barcelona, people have gone to Vitace, in, Coast, in, Croatia. in Croatia. So I love when you all hear this kind of stuff and you then go and have those experiences too, because this is why we do it, because that is that in, we will always remember that meal that encapsulates what a best meal of the year is, because the food has to be good, of course. But it's just one of those times you're like, I feel so lucky magical. to have this experience. It's magical. So number one for both of us, and this does not happen often. The la- this has yeah. happened with Blavis in Barcelona, mm-hmm. which you guys still go to. And to this day, people say you tell the people at Blavis that you came because of extra in pack fact, of peanuts. One time we got an Instagram message that two EPOP listeners were sitting next to each other at, at Blavis. Blavis, didn't know each yeah. other. Until they talked about it. So the guy, (laughs) apparently the guys from Blavis either still know us (laughs) or pretend when people say I'm here from eat extra pack of peanuts. They pretend really well. Um, Vitace in Tristanek in Croatia was the only other time that both of us had the same number one. And now for the third time since we've been doing this in eight years. you know it's good. We had the number one, same number one, Franca. 
Buenos Aires, Argentina. Mm. Thank you guys for listening. Hit us up on IG. Let us know what your best meal was. Um, I'm sure you've had some good eating experiences. So let us know what it is because we are always on the hunt for good food. Also, let us know best desserts, of course, best coffees, things like that, um, because we love eating, drinking. I mean, I think that's pretty apparent. Yeah. We just went an hour and a half for the second time (laughs) on this time. And what I learned here doing this the second time is that if we ever make this mistake again, it's not so bad because I really didn't know what you were going to say. Keeping it fresh. This old city's name. See your breath on window pane. Let's just talk till it strikes again. On my way through, I saw you on my way. On my way through, I saw you, and I'll see you again someday. Oh my gosh, I forgot to hit record. Haha, <laughs> not even funny. Not even funny. I don't know if I could do it a third time. I think there would be some very upset people because we're sitting here and we've asked our son to be quiet now for basically three days while we recorded. Our daughter's home. There's a puppy here. And Heather's sister is here. And they've all been so nice and so quiet in the background as we record out in the kitchen because our office is full of stuff. So I I didn't forget to hit record. Thank Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) Thank goodness I didn't. See you all soon.